Hey, what's up, everybody? Sean T here. I am so excited to tell you that we now have ad-free episodes. That means you can connect with me all the way through and not have to take that break, just like I don't want you to take a break in my workouts. All you have to do, check out the show notes, trust and believe, ad-free, and you can listen all the way through. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm so excited today because today I'm going to enhance your ability to trust and believe in believing you can do anything you put your mind to. And I know I talk about that a lot, but my guest today is going to literally break down barriers and slay your life so that when you finish listening to this, you know you have the power to succeed. Today, Santia Deck is a history-making professional female football player and social media influencer with over 2 million loyal followers and engaged followers. A former track and field collegiate athlete, Santia recently made history by being offered the highest paid contract in women's football history. Santia is a published author, a fitness model, TV personality, social media consultant, public speaker, and a TV host. She also maintains her fitness trainer certification and offers a variety of services to celebrity clients and her wide-ranging community of online supporters. Most recently, Santia added successful startup CEO to her long list of wins with the launch of Tronus, where she made history a second time by becoming the first female athlete to own a shoe company. The innovative footwear brand has been experiencing impressive growth since its launch in the summer of 2020. Despite the pandemic, Santia led Tronus to record sales, celebrity praise, and a dedicated base of customers. The company continues to expand. Santia Maria Deck was born in Greenville, South Carolina, and raised in Houston, Texas. Now she resides in Atlanta, Georgia. She travels often, and Santia has been running full speed after her dream of success since childhood. Now she works tirelessly to inspire and empower young people, women, and others with her determination and passion. And she's going to do that for you today. Get ready to trust and believe. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
said to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. I think that the first thing I want to say before I get into your business business, I want to say congratulations on your most recent proposal. You guys have to see this video. She was taking a picture with her. I guess boyfriend then became then became her fiance very quickly. How was that experience? I had all types of emotions. Like first of all, he surprised me and I know everything. Like I'm Scorpio, so <laughs> I can sense when something's about to happen, all of that. So he took me to the one place where I was going to be he like be distracted the whole time, which was a football game. And the Falcons were actually doing good, which is rare. So <laughs> He actually planned the proposal when we got there. Like he That's went so and said, I'm going to get food and then disappeared for like 30 minutes. And he planned all the whole little thing that you guys saw. So it was beautiful. I was just like, just overwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, it was so cool. I remember seeing it like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. All right. I want to motivate the hell out of people today because I know when I met you, we were in a group speaking, but I was just like, I need this person in my ear. Like, I need to know how it all begins. So kind of take me back to the beginning, because really, I think that there are a lot of people right now out there in the very beginning of their journey, mm -hmm. and they feel like the dream is so far away and they get discouraged. So yeah. take me back and take me on a process. And if I interrupt you, it's just because I really want to know something important yeah. that I don't want to miss out on. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. So do you want to know or start from the beginning of like sports or trauma? Yeah, let's start at sports because okay. I think that sports, sports is a great foundation, even though people, there are a lot of people out there who aren't athletes or don't understand yeah. it. I do believe that being an athlete is cross-promoting to people who love academics or love science because of the drive you need to have. Exactly. Okay. Okay, cool. So I started my sports career when I was four years old, which a lot of people don't know. So my first sport was actually tennis. And then from tennis, I went into track and field. So before I even got to track and field, we were playing tennis. But we, me and my twin brother were actually like too strong because we were like our whole goal in our heads was to like hit the ball over the fence. And then certainly eventually, like after a year, came to my mom and said, so I think your kids should get into like maybe softball or baseball because they're like not understanding the concept of like not hitting the ball over the fence. So then from there, uh, we ended up getting into track and field because I was obsessed with like cheetahs when I was younger. And I kept telling my mom, I want to be a cheetah. I want to be a cheetah. And she was like, so you can't be a cheetah, but I can put you in track and field when you're old enough. And so when I turned seven, we got into track and field. And that honestly, the rest was history. That became like my yes. life. I will tell you this before you move on. I have a tattoo on my back. A part of the tattoo is a cheetah. So I'm really, oh, really excited. So you know. Only because I ran track too. I ran track too. So okay, we can talk so about you, that in a little bit. Yeah, so you but know. keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> I eventually, so again, I was running track, doing my thing. And then I, I was turning 13. And I remember um, my sister was about to get married um, at that time. And we were like getting fitted for dresses. And the seamstress, she came up, to, came up to my mom and was like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but your daughter, um, one side of her like body is longer than the other. And my mom was like, no, I don't know that. <laughs> and so she ended up taking me to like, you know, uh, the doctor or whatever. And I was diagnosed with scoliosis. The doctor, like, he made this huge scene. Like, he was freaking out. Like, 
if this was my daughter, I would take her out of sports. I would like rush her into surgery because like if she falls or gets hit the wrong way, she could be paralyzed and just all these crazy things while I'm in the room, right? So I'm over here like, uh, I'm sitting right here and I'm freaking out. My mom is like trying to keep me calm, but she's freaking out too. And eventually the, my mom was like, well, let me have a conversation with my daughter. We'll talk about it. Um, and then we'll, we'll come back about the surgery. Of course, I was devastated because track was literally like my entire existence at that point. I was like trying to be like Flojo and Michael Johnson. I had all these idols and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the Olympics and, you know, all these great aspirations. And my mom was like, so I, I just feel like God has taken you this far. And if you were going to have issues, you would have had issues before now. So I'm just going to trust trust in God and allow him to just carry you through whatever happens, happens. I, I, and she, of course, made sure like I wasn't hurting or in pain and she did her research. But she eventually said, no, we're not doing it. And then I went on to run track in college. I now I played rugby. I played football. So I've been able to play all the roughest, toughest sports in, in the world or whatever. And I haven't had any issues. I have to cut you off because I just need to know this for all of my track and field. Like, what events did you run? So I ran the 100, 200, 4 by one and sometimes a 4 by 4 but I always tried to hide because I hated it. So <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you me. better say a 400. A 400 better be in there somewhere. You oh, can't live in America. You can't live in America, run track, be a high-level track <laughs> athlete, and never have been a part of the 4 by 4 It's impossible. <laughs> it's literally impossible. <laughs> because I actually base a lot of my, I talk about my book, a chapter called The Last 70 Meters. And mm. it's really because I was a 400-meter hurdler. And the last 70 <laughs> meters, it, it's like when the piano hits your back, you come around that last turn, yes. you feel like you have momentum, and then you're like, I see the finish line, and everything is going to trash basically muck on your back yep <laughs> yep exactly and yep. so but i also feel like that symbolizes life you know like yes. life when things start to get rough kind of like when you were when you found out you had scoliosis it's like okay this is on my back but how do i persevere and move through exactly. which is really cool so exactly. keep going <laughs> so i was diagnosed with scoliosis um and then you know we decided to keep going forward um graduated from college and then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next because I had told myself if I got injured one more time, because I kept getting injured in college, I'll just put that out there. I was consistently injured. So when I graduated, I was like, okay, I really, really want to try to make the USA team. And so I found like an actual Olympic coach, but I was just like, huh, college track versus trying to go pro is just like the biggest leap ever in life and it's almost impossible <laughs> to be honest so i was just like okay i'm gonna try this but if i get injured i'm done and lo and behold like six months into training i got injured and i was just like okay i'm hanging up the cleats i'm done and so after that i healed and all that stuff but i was like man i really still want to be an athlete like i'm not ready to just be done and i was driving one day and i saw a flag football tryout like sign and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I all my brothers played football. They are running backs. I was out there doing everything that they were doing, including I tried to play peewee football. My mom <laughs> let me go to a practice because she believed in equality. Like, okay, if she wants to do this, I'm going to let her. And I went to a practice, and I was actually doing good. The coach actually said I was doing better than all the boys. But <laughs> yes. on one of the plays, I got hit in my chest. And my mom was like, okay, no, we're not doing that. So that's that that was that. So then I still was able to go to camps and trust my brother. And again, having a swim brother, I was always chasing a rabbit. 
So I felt like if I ever caught my brother, I was probably doing pretty well in life, right? Anyway, so I was like, okay, so I kind of, I'm kind of prepared to play football, even though I never like actually played play. And so I went to the practice, and the and honestly, the coach was like, so how long have you been been playing football? And I was like, uh, I never played. And the rest is history. Then I went on. I got on social media. I went viral several times for football. Then I got recruited by the USA rugby team to go to a tryout and all these different things. All these things transpired through me, honestly, playing sports. So my foundation has always been sports. I never, like, changed that as far as, like, my brand. And I know I had a lot of people when I first started becoming an influencer try to tell me, oh, you should do this or you should... Maybe you should show a little bit more skin. Maybe you should, like, just trying to pull me in all these crazy directions. But I always said, no, like, I want to be myself. And if people love it, they love it. If they don't, they don't. They don't have to follow me. And I also thought about mental health. Because I feel like when you when you have to always put on this mask every single day because you have to be this and perform every day because you got popular or famous for doing something that's not really who you are, but it was cool at the time. I'm like, no, I don't I don't want to deal with that type of stress. And so I just stuck to my guns and now I'm here. <laughs> That's a long version. No, I love the long version. And congratulations for sticking to your guns. And just so you know, being a fitness guru for so many years and having found success in that arena and have really, just like you, inspired people who love that and need their life change and really was looking to, you know, kind of like you said, Michael Johnson and Flojo and, you know, Usain Bolt, like all these people who you look at and you're like, oh my gosh, like these people are so amazing. They're top at what they do. And for me, I'm top at what I do in fitness, but we also, or people also put you in that box of, well, this is who you are and this is what I want to see. And I'm just like, I am really good at motivating the heck out of people to continue to push toward their goals, but it's not just who I am. Like, that's not it. Just like Michael Johnson has a whole entire life outside. People always, like you said, put people in a box. So congratulations for sticking to what it is that you want to do and branching yourself out. I think that's really amazing. But I do have some very poignant questions about sports and, and football and rugby not necessarily the sport in general, but yeah. what are some of the obstacles you had to overcome within that sport outside of the injuries? Like, cause you mentioned mental health. And I think in order yeah. to have mental health awareness from within, mm-hmm. you had to have in some way gone through something that made you be like, this is crazy. Like I need to find my way. I actually had two like situations that I feel like were pillars in my life that really shook me and made me realize like, I have to protect my mental health more. So the first one was training to make the Olympic team for rugby. I was kind of thrown into rugby, honestly. Like I I kept getting tagged on all these videos about you should try this sport, you'll be so good, blah, blah, blah. But I never played a contact sport in my life. And I was just like, okay, I guess I can try. Um, and so eventually, like, I found a coach and a team and everything, and I went to a practice, and I went to maybe three or four practices before my coach was like, so, yeah, we're just going to put you on the Olympic route. Like, you're fast enough, you're agile enough, uh, we'll teach you everything, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. And so, um, literally, I was traveling the world trying to, I went to New Zealand, I went to Australia, I went to all these different places to, like, really learn the sport at the highest level. 
And I was not taking care of my body the way that I should have because I would come back from like New Zealand and then you're supposed to have rest, right? And have like maybe a few days off, but I would go right back into training and then I'd hop back on the airplane. And eventually my doctor was like, so you're slowly burning out. So I feel like you need to like rest and like not travel for a while. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll take some time down. I maybe took like a day or two and then I was back on the airplane. And eventually, like, my body was starting to shut down and I didn't really know it, but I was just pushing myself past my limits and everything because I really want to be an Olympian. That's like, that was my ultimate goal in life. Still is. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Eventually, like, I got um, a slight injury because my coach at the time was pushing me uh, to stay in the game, even though I was telling her, like, I need to get out. I'm tired. I'm tired. She kept saying, no, 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 just keep. And I and I was scoring. I scored, I think, twice in a row. And she was like, keep going. Like, we don't want to take you out. And I'm like, I'm dying, literally. And so eventually, like, I I, I think I, it was my groin at the time or something got kind of tweaked. And then by the end of the game, like, I couldn't even stand on this leg or my right leg. And so I was fighting an injury. So I ended up like kind of doing some rehab, um, you know, doing uh, taking CBD, doing just like all the natural things that I could possibly do to keep going. Um, even though my doctor was in the background like, hey, sit down, call, like you're doing too much. I was just like, whatever, like, no, I'm gonna keep going. I made it to the final like round, I would say. And I had the chance to perform in front of the USA coach. By the time I got there, I was so tired and just done. My body was like over it. That walking felt like I was running a mile. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, mom, I don't know what's happening to me. I was freaking out. And my mom was like freaking out because she couldn't get to me. And she was like, okay, well, just push through. Just do what you can. I was like, mom, I can't do anything. But no, me being me, I just tried. I, I, I played in the little game or whatever that I was doing. But I was doing so bad. It literally looked like I wasn't even an athlete. So I had the worst performance ever. He didn't even get to see like who I really was as an athlete. And I ended up getting a call and he said, or the coach at that time was like, yeah, sorry, we're, you know, we're not interested. And that, that hit me like a ton of breaks. Cause I'm like, man, I spent this whole year training and putting my body through the ringer and losing friends, losing relationships because I was always gone just to be told that I can't make it. I, I didn't make the team. It had nothing to do with like, what I could really do, like athletically. Um, so hearing that news, um, I ended up going into a small depression. Well, a pretty big depression, actually. Um, and I wasn't eating. I wasn't communicating with anybody. My mom was like, Santia, like, you know, I know it hurts, but you're either going to lay down and die or you're going to keep fighting for what it is you want. And I know this might hurt. This might be an obstacle, but God has better, bigger and better plans for you. You just have to see it. So give it to God. And I literally that night, I just literally got on my knees and I probably prayed for like, I don't know how long, but I was just crying my soul out. And I just was like, God, I don't know who I am. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I, I'm just confused, but I trust you. I'm going to give this burden to you and just whatever is meant to be will be right. 
The next morning I woke up, I felt just like a whole different person. And I finally accepted it. And then two months later, I got the call about football contracts. And I always tell people that moment was almost like, I don't know if you've seen this meme. It was like this little this little meme that was going around some years ago. But it was like a little kid that had a tiny bear like behind his back. And then there was this figure of God. And he had a huge bear behind his back. And the kid was like, but God, this is all I have. Not knowing that God has something way bigger and better than what he thought. And that kind of that kind of described that moment. And that was the first time I realized, like, man, I can finally understand a little bit more about how and why people go through depression. Because I never understood that. Um, so that was kind of my first taste. And then, if I'm being honest and transparent, the beginning of this year uh, was probably the worst that I've ever experienced. Because, and I still am injured. I have an ACL and meniscus tear. I moved into my new place and I caught COVID like the next day. And then when I finally got over COVID, I went to my football practice. And just a little a quick backstory. I haven't been able to play football because of COVID. Uh, when I was when I was offered that contract, unfortunately, COVID happened and uh, the league ended up not being able to continue because it just was, you know, it was hard for anybody to do anything during that time. So I haven't played it since then. And so this is going to be the first time that I was able to actually play football. So I was super excited this year. I was like, OK, yes, I can finally play, blah, blah, blah. And so um, I finally got to go to practice after having COVID. I missed like three different practices and we were getting into pads, right? And so uh, during practice, unfortunately, um, I ended up pulled or tearing my, my ACL. It was raining, it was cold, and I had literally all the bells and whistles that morning telling me to not go. But I just was like, man, no, I'm about to go. I miss all these practices, blah, blah, blah. And so when I finally was able to leave practice, it hit me that... I was not going to be able to play sports for probably a very long time. Um, and I just went into like a, a black hole, if I'm being honest. Um, and luckily my mom was, you know, she was there. My family was really supportive or whatever, but uh, I was just super lost. I was losing sponsorships. I was losing endorsement deals. And, you know, things were just going super, super, super like downhill really quickly and I wasn't able to grasp like what was happening yet. And I was still trying to accept where I was. That lasted for about, I would say about three months until um, I was in LA. And I remember I was supposed to be playing in like a celebrity flag football game for a Super Bowl. I was injured, so I couldn't, but I still went. And I, that was probably the worst idea ever because it was a tease for me. But I remember like I was supposed to go to some events. And I was like, mom, I can't do it. Like, I don't honestly really want to be here and she was like where Ellie I said no like here like life mm. and she was like you know my mom you know how my mom would react to that or whatever so we were just both literally in LA crying our eyes out together and she was like you just have to just once again give it to God there's something better there's something come out I said mom no it's not like my whole oh I feel like I'm about to cry sorry it's okay this is the free space I was finding that and, you know, I just was, I had to really dig in some places that I, I didn't even know existed as far as strength. That's when I realized, like, as much as I preach about finding identity outside of being an athlete, am I really doing that? Because I'm this, like, depressed to where, like, I am thinking things that I never thought. 
because I can't do what I love, but I have Toronto, so I have all these other businesses. But I said, who really is Santia? Like, who's Santia Deck? Not Track Baby, not Queen of Abs, not this person, blah, blah, blah. But who is Santia? And I realized in that moment, like, I don't even really know who that is. I'm so used to having to perform and do and be this and be this athlete and be this trainer, be this, be that. And I kept telling my mom, like, you don't understand. It's, it's not just that I can't play. Like, this is literally who I am at this point in my life. And so that's when I realized, like, okay, after praying, give it to God and, and really just like letting it go. And I finally said, okay, this is what it is. I can't, I can't fight through ACL. My knee's literally done for right now. So I have to really sit down. God is telling me to sit down and be still for a reason. And I did not know why. I was like fighting it in every way possible. Everybody was trying to be, you know, give me all this positive energy. I was just like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just going to sit in this. But when I finally decided to just, okay, I accept it. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to figure out why God has me sitting down. My life changed for the better. I did not realize that sometimes our dreams and our goals is pure comedy to God because he's like, okay, you think that's what you're about to do in life, but I really got this for you. And that was a moment that kind of played out in my life up until now, but I was able to find out who I really, like, really dig deep into myself, heal, heal from pain, trauma, relationships, friendships, blah, 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 whatever. I was able to travel the world and actually enjoy it. This was the first summer in my entire life since I was four years old that I had a free summer to not be an athlete. So being able to experience life outside of sports was like, whoa, like this is what people be doing in the summer. Like what have, where have I been doing with my life? I, but I met my fiance. And that's a whole nother story. And that's going to be another tearjerker that we probably don't got a lot of time to go into, but. I will say this first, because I'll give you a second, because I feel like you want to breathe a little bit. But I will say it's kind of a common denominator with people who are high achievers and really have a dedicated focus to something that it does take over our lives, but it's taken over our lives in a really great way that we are getting incredible fulfillment. Yes. Like you get incredible fulfillment from being an athlete. Like, are you yes. kidding me? Like when I was a professional dancer or even in my fitness career and I, I just had surgery this last year and prior to surgery, my cortisol was like through the roof. I was like 20% body fat. And I was just like, I don't look like I'm 20% body fat. And then I had shoulder surgery and by being taken out of what it is that I do, it like completely changed yes. my life. Through struggle comes strength. It's kind of like when we're kids and we have like now and later is a Laffy Taffy's or a Popsicle or whatever, you have this incredible rush of sugar and then you have the crash. It's like, mm -hmm. why am I going through something really amazing? And then like I, I experienced these issues and I just commend you on continuing to push forward because the dark place that you're in is a really dark, dark, dark place. I actually put up a post this morning for We The Culture and I was saying how as a kid, a black male, it was, you know, I was in church and prayer was great. And when two and three are gathered together, you know, it was great. But like getting for me, getting therapy was the win because I was able to hear myself talk and heal through my words and, and my experiences. So congratulations on pushing through that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And therapy definitely plays a big role. I will say that, um, that I actually ended up going to therapy, not for that. 
but for just like relationships and like really trying to detox all of that and really get to the root of like, okay, why do I keep attracting these people, these type of people in my life? And when I did that, oh my gosh, like I met my fiance like a few months later. So I feel like a big part of it came definitely from therapy, but understanding and digging deep into who you are and digging into those places that you're sometimes afraid to like look under the rock at. Mm. I feel like it's important to like get into the other side of the of, of who you are, the healed version, so that you can be in a position to attract what you want and have what you want and give yourself to the right person. Because sometimes even you're like, we feel like I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself, but sometimes we don't, we can't even really accept like a good person because of that. Everything you went through and knowing how everyone on the outside perceives you and they're like, oh, this is person and they don't really see beneath the surface. Let's talk about how you were able to not only continue to build your businesses, but the strength that came through building your businesses, being an advocate for young people, for women. And I think the other thing is giving yourself to so many people, especially with the online community, because now your reach is like insurmountable. So how do you continue to build these businesses? And to be quite honest, it's amazing for me as and people out there and motivational for them to hear like, yo, like the success is still climbing. So how were you able to like, push through and build businesses for sure for sure having a good team if i didn't have my team uh if i didn't have my mom uh if i didn't have you know my sisters my family uh my friends it honestly wouldn't be possible because when i first started building you know tronos and queen of abs and all the other things that i have i thought i could do it on my own and i thought it could just be me and my mom forever until it started to grow and i'm like okay we can't carry this by ourselves anymore it was very hard to do that because i feel like it's almost like when you have a baby and you don't want nobody to hold your baby. But then it's like, okay, I do have to do other things. So at some point I got to put them, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of how it was for me um, until I realized, like, okay, I, I found some people I can trust. Mm. When that happened, I was like, man, like I can see growth finally. So I would say, make sure that you have a really, really good team around you and have people that can see your vision, but can see like, far, like way, way, way farther than even what you can see. Because I feel like when you have people that, I feel like they they like to be a part of what you're doing. It's like, oh, it's cool. We're doing this thing. We're, we're building a shoe company. But they're not really in it in it with you, like in the mud with you. That can sometimes do more damage than a, a, lot, of a lot of things, to be honest. And I had to find and go through a lot of people to really find my ride or dies that's going to you know be here and stick it out when things are getting sticky and ugly. And that process is not fun. Because you think that you have like some really good people in your corner just to find out that mm, they're just like, oh, this is happening. I'm out. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah. And then it's like, really? You just going to leave us at this moment? And that's what we experienced like when we first started in 2020, because everybody knows 2020 was a mess. It was a mess for everybody in business. And we saw true colors. That's what I would say. Mm. Um, and even now, there's certain things that um, that have happened throughout this journey with with the shoe company, and I'm like, oh wow, that person of all people, cool. So <laughs> like, you really appreciate the people that have like are in your corner and whatnot. But um, my team is everything. Tell everyone more about the shoe company because this is like so lit. If you saw my closet, you would understand why <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> we gotta get you a pair. We gotta make that happen ASAP. Yes. The shoe company came into existence was I was being a uh, brand ambassador for another shoe company 
probably 2018. And I was selling the heck out of their shoes, like just really doing my thing. And eventually the designer was like, hey, have you ever thought about a signature line under our shoe company? And I was like, no, but I'm a sneakerhead. So like what person would say no to that? He was like, okay, cool. So if you had a shoe, what would you want it to look like? And I'm like, well, I love Balenciagas and I love Jordans. So if there's a way that we can mesh those two, that would be the perfect shoe. And he was like, okay, cool. So he did a mock-up of it. When he showed it to me, I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly what I pictured in my mind. And we added maybe a few different things and we put the mock-up out and it went crazy on Instagram. Like people were like, oh, I want to buy it now. Is it available? I'm like, this is just an idea. So hold on, hold, hold your horses. <laughs> like, chill out. <laughs> and so we went back to the drawing board. He was like, okay, so let's do more than one color. Let's just do like maybe eight or nine, right? And I said, cool. So we want this color, this color, this color. And he mocked those up. And then I posted it on LinkedIn and it went viral on LinkedIn. And that's when I was like, okay, we have something. And then my mom uh, came to the table. She's also the CEO of, of Tronos. Um, and she was like, yeah, we, we, we have to do a shoe company. And I was like, what? A shoe company? I was like, mom, we got to go against Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. She was like, but you have the following, you have the engagement. Uh, we're going to make sure we, do, we did market research. We made sure that I had sneakerheads follow me. But I was still scared because I'm like, okay, but what if they don't like the shoe? Like, honestly, that was one of my biggest fears. Like, what if they think the shoe's ugly? And eventually, you know, I prayed on it. And I just remember hearing, like, so you can either, like, do this. And what if it does? If it fails, you can at least say, hey, I tried to create a shoe company, which I think is still pretty cool. But if it doesn't fail, oh, my gosh, you're going to be solidifying generational wealth, open up, opening up doors for the next generation, showing little girls that literally anything is possible even getting into the shoe industry and i just was like you know what that sounds a little bit better so i'm just gonna take this leap of faith and now we're here <laughs> that is incredible hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Tell me like other things you're doing to really empower the youth. Is there anything you're doing to like, like for outreach for youth or are you kind of just using your platform to just to model greatness? Definitely with Toronto's, like we've done a lot with charity. Um, we've given back to different schools. Uh, we have interns from um, some smaller black colleges so that they, they can come in and really learn, you know, what's happening uh, in the shoe industry. I'm also uh, about to actually start a foundation Pretty soon, if I can get to it this year, this year has been crazy. 
Uh, but I really want to empower the female athlete because I feel like uh, we have such a long road to go to get to like, I feel like the equality that we deserve as female athletes. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing currently, and I'm doing it for male and female athletes, but I definitely want to spend a lot more time with the female athletes. I'm teaching them how to really monetize their platforms better because there's a lot of athletes that still don't understand like the power that they have um, being on TV every Saturday or Sunday and also being a college athlete with the following. They don't really understand like, man, there's so many doors that can open because of that. I'm also going to start doing some mentoring, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I love, love, love the youth. So honestly, um, anything that I can do to empower them and inspire them, I'm doing. Um, I also speak a lot um, at different schools. Um, I do career days because uh, I just want to, you know, I just want to do what I can because I feel like, and I know it sounds so cliche, but the youth is the future. Um, so I yes, feel like we need to be pouring into them as much as we possibly can so that we can have a bright future. That's incredible. Speaking of bright futures, can you tell me a story about your fiance? Because I'm like, this is like nosy Shanti. <laughs> and I want everybody to go like follow you for many things. But I like, I just want everyone to see this video of your engagement. It was incredible. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I can dig into that. So we met on Bumble. So we did. We met on a dating app. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I know people are like against that, but I actually got on that. I met my husband on a dating see, app. So don't even try it. It's mom, fine. My twin brother. See, <laughs> oh, my friend. So anyways, I was just like, okay, everybody's meeting their person on these dating apps. So let me just get on here. And let me tell you, the first few months was rough. I was like, this is so chaotic. This is trifling. This is everything. Like, I was so stressed <laughs> on these dating apps. And I kept getting banned because people thought I was like a, a fake account. So it was just like so much mess happening. And then I would get DMs on Instagram like, uh, is this really you? And then I'll be like, uh, do I really want to say yes? Because no, I, it, was, it was just a lot happening at that time. So um, I got off. But something kept telling me, like, just try again. Just try one more time. If it doesn't work, just get off. And in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a month. And if it's a trifling and all that extra stuff, like, I'm I'm going to not get on here for like a year, right? And I was literally <laughs> yes. like, like stone cold, like, I'm doing that. And so I got on. And once again, it was, it was a lot. But then I was swiping one day because I was bored. And I came across my fiance's profile. And I was like, I don't know what it was, but something just stopped me in my track. And I looked at his profile and I was like, oh, wow, he sounds super intentional. Like he's not on here just ha- trying to have a good time. He's not on here looking for blah, 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 fling. He's like looking for a wife, uh, looking to build a future with someone. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to just say hi. I think like two days went by and I was thinking about his profile. Out of all the people that I swiped on, I was thinking about him the most. And I was like, why is his profile on my mind? It was making me mad actually because I'm like, Cynthia, you're, you're tripping. <laughs> I literally had got on there because I think at that, by that time, four days had passed. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just, I'm literally about to like, just delete my profile. I was going to delete my profile. And literally before I could delete it, his message came in and he was like, oh, hey, how are you doing? I saw your profile. I think you're amazing. Um, I don't know if you're into uh, NFTs, but I have this conference that I think you would like maybe want to be a part of. And I was like, oh, uh uh-uh. I'm not here to do business. And I was like, I'm good. Have a nice day. And he was like, oh, wow. I don't even know who you are. But <laughs> he said, I was just honestly just trying to be nice. And then I realized, I was like, oh, wow. Maybe I am being like an a-hole. 
And I said, so you really don't know who I am? <laughs> and he was like, no, am I supposed to? I was like, oh, yes. He doesn't know who I am. So I was so happy. So then after that, like, the rest was history, pretty much. So we got off. And he was in San Diego at a conference. Um, he's, he's in tech. And we got on the phone. And we talked for, like, three hours. Like, the first time we ever mm. talked. And I was like, man, he is so interesting. Like, he's different than what I've ever talked to. Because no, I'm going to be honest. Because I'm an athlete. I normally talk to athletes. And ladies, just don't do it. Athletes are just not it. I'm just being real <laughs> with you. Um, unless they were an athlete exactly, like me. Unless, you know what I'm un- the, unless that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but honestly, the first day. And then, so, we talked on the phone. And then maybe, like, a week later, he came back. And we went on our first date. And... When I walked in and I saw him, I was like, I don't know why, but he looks peaceful. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. It's weird. And we sat down and we started talking and I was like, and I remember like, I just interrupted him and I was like, I'm not trying to be weird, but you make me feel calm. And he was like, oh, cool. I'm happy. But I don't think he understood what that meant to me because when I tell you my past, well, oh my God, my past relationships were just like the spawns of Satan. All of them was just stressful and just bad energy. And I always felt like a bit of like anxiousness with like the people that I dated, even when I first met them, but I tried to just ignore it. Like, oh, maybe I'm just nervous. But it's really like, I got just feel like your intuition is telling you like, this is not your person. But with him, it was just like the whole night. And he was just, a gentleman, he was kind, and I had my ACL injury going on, so I was kind of like a little embarrassed because I was kind of like limping a little bit. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, do you want me to rub your leg? Like, I, I feel like I can heal you." And I was like, "What? You just trying to fill up on like, me?" Come on. <laughs> he was like, "No, I, I'm not even. I'm not even trying to do none of that." He said, "I really like. I I learned a lot about Chinese medicine and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Okay." And then from there we. We never miss a day of seeing each other. Seven months later, he proposed. I love a good love story. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm so Thank happy. You. And I know that because this podcast is called Trust and Believe. I just love when people who have found success also have a story of overcoming triumph. Not because I feel like people should, but I think it almost adds like this incredible amount yeah. of color to their life. And it also adds an incredible amount of hope to people out there who may be hiding what they're going through because they just don't feel like they can make it outside of this space. And so one was about mental health, two was about overcoming obviously many obstacles. Being a woman out there, I think there's a lot of progress we need for women in sports and progress we need for women in general and just unfortunately we have people in the world who just don't believe in equality for all and i think people like you are out there especially helping young black girls see that there's a way you know i compare you to somebody like serena williams and allison felix and you know all of these women who are like no like i'm different and i know i'm different and part of the reason why I'm different is because I'm a, a black woman, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z. And so thank you for that. And with that said, I always ask my uh, guests, what does trust and believe mean to them? So can you answer that for me? Trust and believe um, to me is almost having the faith of a mustard seed. 
So even though you can't see it growing, you can't see it like, you know, you don't see the vines, you don't see all the things happening that create a mustard seed. Um, and it's tiny, it's tiny, but when you throw it out there or when it's, when it's put, wherever it's put, you have to trust that it's going to grow, even though you can't really see it. And um, that's honestly what that means to me is just having blind faith that what's meant to be will be mm. and what's going to happen is going to happen. And if it's not, it's because something else is coming and it's going to be way bigger and better than what you can believe and think. <laughs> can I just tell you, and I mean this, and if any of my other guests are listening, I love y'all, but that was the best definition of trust and believe that I've ever gotten. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're an athlete. You're competitive. Of course, you're excited. Yes. Virtual high five. But thank you so much, Santia, for just coming on the show, being raw, transparent. Can you tell people where to find you and especially where to get those oh, yes. sneakers? I, I mean, hello. You. Okay, so you can find me at, we'll have two websites, but SantiaDeck.com and also QueenOfApps.com. You can find Tronos, my sneakers, at TronosOfficial.com, T R O. NUSofficial.com. And then my Instagram is trackbaby001 everywhere else. We just really appreciate you taking the of time course. today and sharing your story. And this was especially great for me because for those of you out there who don't know, both of us are a part of Reader Culture with Meta and we inspire Black people from all over, educating people of all races that, you know, there are Black people out there that are really trying to take you to the next level of who you are. And always trust and believe in who you are.